All right, back to John, the, the seventh chapter, and uh, the context, remember, it is the Feast of Booths, which Israel ce celebrated uh, being delivered from it, Egypt and living out in the wilderness, and also the, the end of the harvest. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of all the, the celebrations. So I just want to start in, it was supposed to be 20, verse 25, but I'm going to start in 24 because I think it's just so cool to start there. It says, and Jesus says to the people, he says, do not cloud your righteous judgments with your biased opinions and traditions. And the reason I want to just kind of bring that up is because I think when we all read the scripture, I mean, maybe not everybody, but maybe the real smart people, not so, but most of us, we read them, we filter them through our, our own culture, our own doctrines, the way we were raised, if we were hurt when we were young. We just kind of filter it through. And it's amazing to me how many, I mean, I'm sure as you guys read scripture, all of a sudden a word pops out that you've read over a bunch of times or, you know, and, or it just kind of captivates you. And it was there the whole time, but you just read it over. And when you're reading the scripture, I, you know, you kind of just, your mind just filters it through and it kind of comes up with what some truth and some, sometimes some air even. And so that's why we just continue. This says the spirit of truth will guide us into all truth, but it's kind of funny. He starts off by telling that. And then he goes, now, listen to this. The residents of Jerusalem, this is the residents of Jerusalem, were surprised. Why were they surprised? That Jesus showed up publicly. Why? Since it was common knowledge that the Jewish leaders sought an opportunity to kill him. Isn't that interesting? That the Jewish leaders sought to kill Jesus. So I just think that is so interesting that, that it was common knowledge. I mean, think about that. It'd be like, I don't know, I don't even want to make an analogy because if I make someone I'm thinking, people might be mad at me. So anyway, we think about somebody that would show up to be almost like, I can't believe this person had the guts to show up to this place because everybody wants to kill him. And then what did he say? Here he is, outspoken as ever, and they are silent. Perhaps they too know how deep inside that he is truly the Christ. In other words, they're saying, they, they want to kill him. We all know that, but he's speaking bully. Maybe they figured out that he really is the Christ. So they're reasoning in their mind. <clears throat> 27. But then again, we know him and his family and are of the opinion that the origin of Christ was supposed to be a mystery. So now that, you know, isn't it funny? There's sometimes, there, even the Bible can be sometimes so contradictory and confusing until as the Holy Spirit just kind of continues to show you the truth. I remember one time, Years ago, you know, I was getting truth about faith and righteousness and about, you know, I mean, we didn't have the mirror and we were kind of sitting here on our own and learning, you know, we believe that, you know, God, when he got saved somebody, he did it forever. And all these kind of things that, uh, you know, for, for us for a while, it was radical. We're talking 20 years ago. And one time the Lord said to me, he says, when you get a truth and you know that you know that you heard me, don't worry about all the, because I could go through the whole Bible and contradict in the scripture, what I just learned, he says, don't go back there, just wait, and I will show you how it all flows, and, and he's done that, I mean, over the years, I can go through all those scriptures now, and show you how it flows perfectly and beautifully, because, you know, because this scripture has to be revealed by the spirit, doesn't it, so, and, and here he goes, then again, we know him and his family, and are of the, opi and are of the opinion that the origin of Christ was supposed to be a mystery, which is interesting, let's see here, We'll run over to Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, real quick. It's good to fun to bring other scriptures in. Let's see. 
says, you know, uh, verse 14 through 16 says, for the love of Christ controls and compels us. Uh, and we are convinced that one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that all who live might no longer live to and for themselves. Now right here, consequently, from now on, we know no man by the flesh. Isn't that interesting? He says, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint as a man, yet now we know him no longer by the flesh. In other words, they are discerning by the flesh. Again, you know, Jesus is talking in the spiritual things, and man is looking and reasoning in the flesh, right? Okay, verse 28. This provoked Jesus to raise, up, raise his voice passionately while he was teaching in the temple. You claim to know me. And where I come from, yet you fail to recognize that I'm not here on my own mission. In other words, you're not, you, you, you fail to know me. You don't know why I'm here because you're thinking in pure flesh, earthly kind of thinking. You clearly show that you do not know him who sent me. But now, but I know him. I love this. You know, Jesus says he puts, uh, let me just look over to Luke, the 12th chapter, to be quick. I just thought this was kind of interesting. I read this scripture last week, and I thought it was just appropriate to bring it, bring it back again. Let's see, verse 12, let's find it. He says, I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish that it was already kindled. Now listen to this, he, he casts fire on the earth right here. But now I know him, for I am his close companion and kinsman. I'm his relative. He is the one who sent me. And then, of course, down here at the very end of the uh, commentary, it says, Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit in the same capacity, parakletos, meaning close companion or kinsman, right? Here it is, uses kletos from kaleo, in other words, surname, sharing thus the same family name. You and I share the same family name as Jesus. We are born of God. We share his very name. Actually, He's the big Christ, and we're little Christ, because that means anointed one, doesn't it? It means hold the hand over. You're a little Christ. He's a big Christ, because you're anointed too. 1 John 2.20, I believe, says you're, you're anointed. It doesn't say you're going to get anointed. And the anointing you share is his anointing. You don't get a special anointing. You get his. All right. Now, So first of all, they're upset because he heals somebody on the Sabbath, according to the, the rendition in John. The man uh, by the port of uh, the... Uh, colonnades right verse 30 this made them even more determined to seize him yet no one was able to touch him since his hour had not come think about that i just think about no one was able to touch him when his hour had not come in the beginning he was staying in galilee because he knew the jews wanted to kill him then he goes to he goes down to the heart of where the, where the people want to kill him but he know but at that time he's being led by the spirit and he knows his time has not come because he's not there to he knows why he came to earth. He knows he's going to die for the sins of humanity and redeem his image and likeness and actually crucify the old man and raise the old man or the new man up. Many in the crowds believed on him and reasoned that no Christ still to come could possibly begin to match the miracles which he already performed. Imagine all the people are just reeling around trying to reason, kind of trying to figure out, is this the Christ? Now, how do the Pharisees react? Just like they always do, right? were extremely worried when they realized his popularity amongst the people. Why? Because they're going to lose power, aren't they? Religious people always want their way. And everybody, I always, 
you know, in our country, we have uh, separation of religion, uh, religion and government, whether it's the state. And, you know, being a Christian, yeah, we want religion in there. But after a while, you kind of figure out if one denomination controls the government, they're going to make everybody in the country that one denomination, no matter which one it is. Because we always want to, you know, people tend to want to always force people to be like them. Because we always get this problem that we're always right. You know, remember, it says, knowledge puffeth up, but love builds up. Love accepts other people for their different opinions or different approaches and the way they are. So with the support of the chief priest, they ordered the temple police to arrest him. Okay, the next verse, Jesus is talking to the temple police, not the Pharisees. Because, he, you know, it's kind of hard to see that. I want to just make a plug. That I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but there's the Gospel of John, the visual Bible. Have you ever seen that? It, it's on YouTube. It used, we used to have it. It's Yeah, Mark put a thumbs up. It is excellent. I mean, it's not this version, but it's just good to watch it. Because it's, you know, when you see Jesus being confronted and, you know, and having these confrontations with the religious and the Pharisees, his disciples are standing there, and it was probably pretty tough to walk with Jesus. We just think, oh, it's Jesus. No, he, it, there's confrontation going on. It's just kind of fun to watch. I, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I know that it's on YouTube because I looked it up the other night. It just makes me think about this because I, I remember the part when the, the temple police came to him in, this, in the rendition. It's called the Gospel of John, the Visual Bible. That's the one. Jesus then said to them, now he's talking to the, he's talking to the temple police. I will only briefly remain with you where you can see me. Then I will be on my way again. I love sinking out of sight. And the word is upago, which means undercover. To be face to face with my sender. You will search for me, but not find me. And where I am, your religion cannot take you. And where is, where is he going to be? Or where is he? In you. Christ in you. Where is he going to be? You will search for me, but you will not find me because you won't look in you where your religion cannot take you. Remember, the law causes a distorted view of ourselves and starts, and that's the sin principle. And, and then it causes us to see ourselves differently than what God sees us to be. What would he mean? What would he mean by saying that we, we would seek him and not find him? Where I am, you are powerless. Now think about that. I just think about that scripture or the over in a seer when the the rich young ruler came to Jesus and how must I inherit eternal life and all that and he goes on to rips the Ten Commandments off. He says, "What do I still uh, what do I still lack?" And he and basically at the end he says, "Go sell all you have and you know come follow me." He was making an example out of him. He wasn't telling us all to do that. And this in the cycles, you know, he says it's tougher for the rich man to go to heaven than the camel, camel to go through the eye of the needle. And just to make the story shorter, at the end, the disciples say, geez, and who could be saved then? And Jesus says, with man, it's impossible. That's, that's the point. With man, it's impossible. You cannot save yourself. All your good works cannot do it. If they can, tell me how many. Is it 550 good works? or is it, What if you got 549? right think about it you cannot save yourself and jesus says with man it's impossible with god all things are possible it's faith you know and i was thinking about paul the other day and i was thinking isn't it interesting 
that he connected the dots probably from Isaiah 51 where it says, look, for those who want to be righteous, look to Abraham, your father, and Sarah who gave birth to you. And then ran back to Abraham. And he does a great rendition in Romans about the faith of Abraham, right? The father of our faith and how we become righteous by faith, not by our actions. Our actions follow our faith because, you know, we are a new creation. He writes his laws on our hearts and our minds. And we're new creations. We can't help but do things. It's not trying to do things to get God to please you. God is pleased. Anyway, off to the races again. Okay, I believe, yeah, 35. The Jews couldn't imagine where he would go where they couldn't find him. Maybe he would join the dispersed Jews and go to the Gentiles. Maybe he's going to leave and he's going to let the other people. What would he mean by saying that we, we would seek him and find him not and where, where I am, you are powerless? 37, on the final day, the crescendo of the eight-day Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus knowing that he is the completeness, think about this, Jesus knowing that he's the completeness of every prophetic picture and promise. He is the prophetic promise or prophetic picture or, excuse me, the completeness of every Jewish festival. He knows this. But you go back to John, the first chapter, he says, I, he came to his own and his own didn't what? Recognize it. They reason. Remember, Paul says, we know no man. We used to know Jesus by the flesh. Now we know no man by the flesh anymore. We see him differently. He, he knows he's the completeness of every prophetic picture and promise. He's a, he cried out with a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and stand face to face with me and drink. Now think about this. He's saying, come stand face to face with me and drink. Who is saying that? It happens to be God. Jesus is the son of God. He's the I am. And if you're with us in the Hebrews uh, Bible study, in the first chapter, it talks about who Jesus is. He is creator. Actually, he says that in John 1. Christ is creator. He's the creator of all things. Come in, he's inviting us to stand face to face with him in a relationship. And remember, religion always causes us to draw back from God in shame. Just like Adam did. Because we judge ourselves. Was it earlier it said that the, the law was, you know, a representative of how we're doing. But Jesus is the I am tree again. And he, he speaks about what he believes to be true about us. In his, his union with us in the death, resurrection, ascension, we, we are all included in, which I've said a million times here. Okay, 37. In realizing what I am, that, excuse me. In realizing that I am what the scriptures are all about. When you realize, now think about that. When you realize that I am what the scriptures are all about. When you go back to the Old Testament, read it with the context. These are what Jesus is all about. Not about what you are all about. It's about Jesus. He's all. Remember he said to the Pharisees, or the, he said to the Jews, he said, you see the scriptures, you, you pour over them diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. And he says, these scriptures testify to me. Have that in context when you're reading Old Testament. They're pointing to Jesus. And what does he say here? And you're realizing that I am what the scripture is all about. You will discover uniquely for yourself. Anybody discover it for you? No, you will discover it uniquely for yourself. Face to face with me that you are what I'm all about. I'm not, exa I'm not example for you. I'm an example of you. Son of God, son of man. The incarnate. Incarnation, Jesus is now incarnating you. 
the Godhead dwells in you, Father, Son, Spirit. That you are what I am about. And what will happen? Rivers of living water will gush out of your innermost being. Now remember, you know, the other translation says, if you believe in me, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It was a future event. But after Pentecost, it is not a future event. So when you say this, I believe in Jesus. Therefore, out of my innermost being flows rivers of living water. Not going to flow. It flows. That's a faith statement. That's what God believes. God believes right now, the rivers of living water are flowing out every one of you. Rivers out of your innermost being. In the commentary, I just went through a little of it here. It says, Jesus addressed the individual. When he says, to those who believe individually, you singularly. Here John records how Jesus witnessed the eighth day, the great and final day of the Feast of Tabernacles, when according to custom, the high priest would draw water from the pool of Siloam with a golden jar, mix with water, mix the water with wine, and then pour it out over the altar while the people were singing with great joy from Psalms 18, 25, and 26. Therefore, with joy should we draw waters from the wells of salvation. If you come to me, he's the, he is the well of salvation. A little farther down, it says, the Siloam Tunnel is a winding tunnel carved into rock leading from the spring of Gihon to the Pool of Siloam. The Pool of Siloam also suggests a, uh, an outflowing of water. An outflowing of water. And Gihon means to gush forth. Isn't that interesting? It goes from gushing forth to an outflow. And in, these are the Hezekiah's tunnels. I don't know if you saw Pam's posting, but I don't know if you've ever been to Israel and if you ever look at, uh, you know, they always show the Temple Mound from, they always, you know, if you ever watch religious TV, they always show the, you know, Jerusalem. They always show the Temple Mound, and that's Herod's platform, actually, where the, the uh, Muslim thing is up there. Uh, actually, to the left of that, down the, down the hill, is the old city of David, and that's where Hezekiah's tunnel is. And we went through those tunnels. There's water, and there are aqueducts. And this is what he's talking about here. Pretty interesting, isn't it? There were tunnels. 39, Jesus spoke about the Spirit. This is what he's speaking about. Whom those who would believe that he is what the conclusion of Scripture were, to, were to, about to grasp, since who Jesus was in all his majestic splendor was not yet fully acknowledged, and thus the Spirit was not evident. In other words, the Spirit was there. But it wasn't evidence because we didn't understand who Jesus was. Especially those people. They're still reasoning within their minds that, well, it got to be the Christ. Could be the Christ. He's not the Christ. He's an imposter. He's a trickster. Many uh, lifted their voices from within the throngs of people or the crowds and declared that this is indeed the prophet. Others openly announced that he truly is the Christ. Some said, no, this cannot be since he comes from Galilee. Remember, this is I'll, I'll divide mother against father, you know, back and forth, right? He came to bring division. He didn't say, he said, I came to bring division. This is division. Scripture clearly states, now they're, they're, they're starting to reason. Scripture clearly states that the Christ is the seed of David and would be born in David's hometown, Bethlehem. You know, it's interesting. I was just, Pam and I were reading this the other day. Isn't it amazing how we, we look at a situation? I do, and I'm sure most of us do. And then we make judgments and we make assumptions and we don't even have all the information. 
They probably could have just asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, where were you born? He said, Bethlehem. They probably didn't ask him, right? Who's your dad? Who, who, who? Is he from the tribe of Levi or, okay, Naphtali or Zebulun? No, my dad's from tribe of Judah. He's from David's. David was his father, his, his great, 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 great grandfather. They just had to ask, but they never did. They just made assumptions, right? You know, sometimes we do that too. Without, without having all the information, we just all of a sudden make judgments. Just an FYI. Interesting. The difference of opinions in the crowd was loaded with tensions and divided them. It's interesting. Sounds like politics. Some were eager to arrest him, yet no one could touch him. At this point, the temple police returned to the chief priests and Pharisees who were surprised, why? That they came back empty-handed. They didn't bring him back. They couldn't believe it. Why did you not arrest him? The police officers answered, we have never heard anyone speak like this before. Imagine, wouldn't it be fun? To, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't you sometimes like to go back in time and just see some of this stuff and see people and just hear Jesus speak like as a, as a physical person? Of course, we get to hear him speak in our hearts, not only in our minds. The Pharisees were shocked. Are you also deceived? Surely we, now listen, listen to this. This is, this is today too. Surely we, your leaders, should be your informed gauge to what you believe. Any different today? No. Surely we, your leaders, should be your informed gauge to what you believe, and none of our priests or any of our of the Pharisees believed in him. Explanation point. In other words, we don't believe in him, and we know everything, therefore you shouldn't believe in him. But these ignorant crowds have no knowledge of the law and are a curse, as found by those who didn't see Right? I'll reveal myself to babes. Luke 17, 1. The Pharisees, notoriously wicked sinners, were coming out to hear what Jesus had to say. The Pharisees were healed. Indignant. Then one of them, Nicodemus, who secretly came to see Jesus earlier, interposed, does our law condemn someone without first giving them a proper hearing? or acquainting ourselves thoroughly with his conduct? And the answer is, he should have got a hearing. But you know what? When we're really mad at some, somebody's upsetting the, the apple cart, it's easy to overlook some of our own rules and regulations, right? They sneered at him. Get, get that visual. They sneered at him. So are you also Galilean? Search the scriptures and see for yourself that there's no mention of any future prophet emerging out of Galilee. And then it, in the parentheses, you... you List all the people, all the prophets from Galilee. Jonah, Hosea, Naaman, possibly Elijah, Elisha, and Amos. And then you can read the commentary there for yourself. It also, it's funny, he says, you know, when they say, we've not, well, forget it. Everyone who went to their homes, well, everyone went to their homes while Jesus proceeded to the Mount of Olives. Amen.